Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Got Hoops podcast. I'm your co-host, Shake, with the other co-hosts, Max, Alex, and Sumi. Today, we have a lot of various topics. Let's get into them. Uh, the first topic being, uh, have the NBA refs gone too soft? There's been a lot of soft ejections recently. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, they're, they're soft. Uh, it's really <laughs> annoying to watch. Man, it's like, I wish there could be more than two pres- two possessions in a game without a foul being called. It's like, it, it, the game doesn't go back and forth anymore. It goes, okay, we'll get a bucket, you'll get a bucket, and then the next possession, there's going to be a foul called. Yep. Like, it's, it's every other possession. It's so frustrating to watch. I mean, the NBA wonders why the ratings are down. It's like, if you're a casual fan tuning into a game and you see this happening, it's like, why would I watch this? This is boring. It's worse than, it's worse than like the last like minute and a half of a college game. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, you tune into the NFL. There's maybe like two, three, four reviewed plays per game. And it, it doesn't slow down the game too much. If yep. there's a holding call, it it's just like that. They, they call it, it's done with in the NBA. It's like, we're going to have this long drawn out procedure where we're going to review uh, we're going to review this for something that we can see in in like a second of one replay. You're like, yeah, this is a foul or it's not a foul or this is out on this team or it's not yeah. out on this team, you know, in one replay. But instead for the NBA, you have to review, you know, 45 seconds to a minute of slow-mo replays over and over <laughs> again and listen to these suits up in New York tell you whether or not it's a foul. It's like, what is this crap? It's so boring to watch. I mean, it's it's so frustrating. So the NBA has to do something about it. It's it's a, it's a real problem at this point. Yeah, no, those reviews are so damn annoying because they literally take like ten to twenty minutes of your time. It seems, but I mean, the, we we sound like old heads on here, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's gotten pretty soft when you have like the superstars and all stars of the league getting ejected. That's a bit of a problem, especially guys like. I think it was Booker or Levine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like Devin was, yeah. Booker, he got like ejected for um, bouncing the ball. Yeah, like what? Yeah, exactly. Like, I they, they just got their panties up in a bunch. Like, you should not be taking a little bounce pass like that personally. Like, so I don't get it. It's just too soft. Uh, there's probably got to be a like a legit meeting between the NBA, uh, NBA PA and like the refs association because they're obviously not on the same page right now. Uh, the fans want to see, like Alex was saying, a back-and-forth game. Uh, the way the league's playing right now, it's kind of built for nonstop action, back-and-forth offense, you know? So that's what we want to watch. We don't want to see, like you said, fouls every other possession. It's annoying. So something's got to change. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, I, I know a lot of the times, like, I was going to bring up the point um, where the NFL also, like, it's like when you – a flag and it's automatically next play. They really don't have, yep. like, a – they don't really talk about, like, you gibberish. So – but I think what's happening is like the past month, it has escalated to a point where like we need to talk about it. And like like D book yeah. got ejected by bouncing the ball. He got double technical without like I don't know what the what he was trying to do. He's got double tech. Donovan Mitchell got ejected in overtime. It was like a crucial game. Yeah. Um, Draymond Green against the uh, Hornets. Um, it was like a, the, the Warriors were up by two points. He got ejected. Um, in nine seconds, and they lost the game. And then JJ Redick also got ejected for tossing the ball. So it's like at this point, they just need to figure out something. It's like, and it's not helpful if the players really can't talk about the refs. They get fined like 
crazy amount of money. Yeah, um, I agree with uh, what Max said. Like they really need to, you know, the players association and the refs and the NBA really have to come together and to try to fix this because honestly, the game gets slowed down. Like back in, we want to see like intense, um, intense back and forth between teams. And a lot of the times it's because the random foul, it is like the whole flow of the game just changes and you're like, oh my God, when is this over with? Yeah, like, um, a lot of people watch, like, personally, like, when I first started getting into basketball, I loved watching basketball because um, it was back-to-back scoring. Like, and the NFL or even soccer, the scoring takes way longer. Like the, ent- like, the entertainment part of the NBA has been, like, the constant scoring. Like, there's always offense. And it's, like, this foul, it's, like, slows down the game. And, like, I think, like, why I – chose this as a topic specifically was it's like the soft ejections has been crazy. Like as some of you said, like the Draymond, uh, the Devin Booker, the JJ Reddick, um, Porzingis got, you know, ejected for punching the air. Like really like, and when they criticize the refs, they literally get fined. Like it's like criticizing them for do, like not doing their job. Like, are you serious? It just, I don't, it's crazy to be honest, my opinion. Another but, thing um, I wanna, oh yeah. Another thing I just want to bring up is like, we always gonna figure out like there's always gonna be favorite like calls for like certain players. I know on that TNT show where uh, Shaq it was Shaq, uh, the WNBA player I forgot her name, and then Candace Dwayne, Parker. Yeah, yeah Candace yeah. Parker, and like even Candace Parker, who's a WNBA player, was afraid to say something about it because she knew she's gonna get fined. It's like the NBA is holding players back or and other people back because like they really can't express their own feelings regarding the topic. Yeah, I mean yeah, as much. I was going to say, as much as the league, like, says that it wants to empower its players, it kind of really doesn't, you know? As we were going back with, like, the whole All-Star game conversation, you know, they really weren't listening to the players there. I mean, I get, like, they needed the extra money, but still, you would have thought they would have taken that into consideration. And this has been going on for, like, the past five years, how soft the refs are, and they've been complaining nonstop. I mean, you guys, it's ridiculous what's going on out here. You guys can see it. We all can see it. DeMarcus Cousins, like that was five years ago. You said so, you said it like Richard Sherman, DeMarcus Cousins, right there. What was that? No, I said I mean it's ridiculous no, 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 like, what's going on out. I don't know. I thought I'm like DeMarcus no, Cousins. Yeah, 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 DeMarcus Cousins thing. I'm like like this, is, this, exactly this is this is something's been going on for a while. So like the NBA <laughs> needs to actually buck up and start listening to the players. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, okay. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. No, I, I was I thought that was like a reference to like Richard Sherman when he was like talking when he was like trashing uh, Michael Crabtree. Remember that? Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, what the? I, what I was, I was dropping the boogie reference, bro. Oh, okay, okay, the boogie <laughs> reference. All right, all right, hey, hey, casual. Hey. <laughs> I saw, I, know, I saw the boogie in the end. I saw the boogie in the end. It was just, it just took you a little bit. <laughs> I'm messing. Right, um, going into the next topic, it's more of a segment. Um, I thought we'd talk about this. Uh, contender or pretender? Uh, the first team we have are the Suns. Are they a contender or a pretender in your opinion? Uh, I think they're a contender. Um, I have been super impressed. Uh, they just have a really, really well-rounded team. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has really come into his own. Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are finally starting to mesh, and we're seeing what they're capable of when they're firing on uh, all cylinders, and they're kind of locked in and on the same page. Uh, and then also, like an- another underrated aspect of their team that a lot of people aren't talking about is Dario Saric. Uh, he has he. If Jordan Clarkson didn't exist, uh, Dario Saric would be 
probably one of the front runners for six man of the year. I don't know off the top of my head what his stats are, but he has been fantastic. Like the, the spark that that guy brings off the bench and we shouldn't be surprised because Dario Saric has been a really solid player for his entire career. Um, his time with the Sixers, we got we got to see that. And now his time with uh, the Suns, we're seeing that. Uh, he's just a really, really good player. Um, Mikhail Bridges has been everything they could have asked for and more. I mean, you talk about the league's best 3 and D wings. You can't talk about the league's best 3 and D wings without including Mikhail Bridges. 100%. Like he, is, 100%. he is really, really good. Uh, Jay Crowder has been an absolute blessing for that team. Jay Crowder oh, yeah. is just a, he's just a winning player. Like He makes winning plays uh, similar to like Jimmy Butler. He's not going to do things that, that really fill up the stat sheet all the time, but he'll play yeah. defense. He'll make the right plays on offense. Yeah, he did it for the uh, Celtics. Um, he did it for the Jazz. Yeah, he's just a solid player. I mean, their roster is just really well constructed. They've got a great coach. Uh, Monty Williams has done great things with this team. Um, I would not want to see them in the playoffs. Uh, I think, you know, Chris Paul really wants a ring. There's no doubt in my mind that that is the only thing on uh, Chris Paul's mind right now. And Devin Booker has a chip on his shoulder. Uh throughout his entire career he's been criticized by people for not being a, a player that's conducive to winning basketball yeah. um deandre ayton uh i mean that whole team he's playing defense of, uh, this year yeah he is absolutely mm-hmm. he has been everything they wanted from him when they drafted him so i'm excited for this team man it's going to be fun to watch them in the playoffs and whoever plays them watch out yeah i mean if you guys have been paying attention to the show this is probably one of the few teams I've been consistent with all year. So they're for sure a contender in my eyes. Uh, one thing that worries them, well, worries me at least about them, is that I think that they need a playmaker off the bench maybe. Uh, I don't really see that point guard becoming off the bench and help them out. They have Cameron Payne, yeah. who everybody on the team is pretty high on. But I don't really think he's going to be able to you know, take that team to like a true contention. I feel like they're contenders right now. But I don't know if I'm ready to put them up in the ranks of like the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nets. Cause in my eyes, those are the three like biggest fish in the sea right now. So I think that they're close, but they're not close enough. But yeah, I'd still have them as a contender. As an OKC fan, I would not put a lot of trust in Cameron Payne. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. He's a little, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's uh, uh well, I mean he did play in the G League for a while. Um, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, don't talk down the G League. Yeah, yeah. G League's on the come up. Victor Oladipo played in the G League. Minutes. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Green is in the G League. I mean, he rightly, rightfully has to be, bro. He wants nah, to. Nah, he could have yeah. gone to college. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> that's a different, yeah. different topic. Quite different. Uh, but uh, let's see. The Suns, I think they're also a contender. But um, as Max said, I also think they need another playmaker coming to the bench. But. I wouldn't put them because, like, I was actually like reading a lot, um, researching it on the video, and a lot of people have mixed feeling because they don't see the Suns as like experience-wise. Like, they didn't really haven't made it to playoffs. More like like the Nuggets have, or like the Clippers or the Lakers. They're really like a dark horse, and they can really be like the Heat of last year, basically in the bubble. A lot of people are saying what like that. That's what their freaking ceiling is, but. I still think they're a dark horse. They can do something, but I'm not going to put them like they're going to win the championship uh, this year as like the Clippers or like the Lakers have or the Nets. Like, I don't know. If, uh, I'm not I'm going to ask this. Uh, this is different. 
I don't know if Blake Griffith, uh, was called the Blake, uh, got into the Nets or it was. Yeah, he's on, he's on Nets now. So, like, that even makes the Nets even more, uh, dominant. Yeah. Like, I, I can't put them in that tier yet, but they're, they're like that, that second tier where they can do something because of their small leadership and like Devin Booker and everything, like Alex said before. So, yeah. Um, shout out to James Jones, man. Um, he got a lot, he got a lot of hate, um, when he first take, took over and he traded TJ Warren for cash considerations and he took like Cameron Johnson, who's like a 24 year old in the draft. But I mean, he's, he's changed his team around. I mean, he's built around Devin Booker and I mean, they're winning. I mean, the top four C and I mean, you can't hate him. I think, I think they have the second best record or something. I don't know exactly, but they, um, they're a top four seed in the Western Conference, and that's impressive in itself. Um, they're building on Devin Booker. They have an all-around team, and I—I I mean, the, the MVP race is so stacked right now. But in any other year, I think CP3 would be a top MVP candidate. Like, like his impact on this team has been insane. Like, they were a borderline playoff team last year, and or they're not even a playoff team, but they were like about to make the playoffs or something like that. But the Suns He'd are probably be one. like a Steve Nash MVP type guy, you know. I mean, yeah, I feel like yeah, obviously, but he's like still an, he would be MVP candidate, like a, at least a top five MVP candidate any other year. The numbers like, just don't really back it up, but like right. the impact, yeah, right. It's like the veteran leadership. I mean, you can't you can't teach that. I mean, you literally cannot teach that. And like he mm-hmm. he had the same impact on OKC last year, and like on Shea, and he's like having the same impact on Devin Booker this year, but um. I like the Suns as a contender. Um, I don't know if they're on the same level as Sami said as like Lakers or Clippers yet. Um, I think they're like a slightly below, but I mean, if they make another move, like say they trade for, you know, some help, more help. I mean, you never know. I wouldn't mind seeing a little Marcus Aldridge on the Suns. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, that's more, I mean, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I don't know if like Marcus Aldridge would want to come off the bench or anything, but that team would be nice. I don't know. You I can I move just, Cam Johnson to the bench. I like Cam Johnson. I, like Cam, I, I, I like Cam Johnson in powerful, as a starter. He, he he brings versatility. He brings a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, I like the Suns as a contender. Um, maybe they make a trade. Who knows? Um, with DeAndre Aiden, he's like a whole nother conversation because I feel bad for him a lot because there's always that conversation of, oh, the Suns could have had Luka. They could have had, oh, Trey Young or something. So DeAndre Aiden has been solid. I mean, that team overall is a solid team. Uh, and I think they're going to be a uh, team to watch in the playoffs for sure. Um, going into the next team for the contender or pretender uh, segment, we have the Bucks. Um, are they a contender or pretender in your opinion? So this might be a hot take uh, given their postseason experience of years past. Uh, we've started to see what they're capable of with Drew Holiday on the floor. Um, Giannis, if he hadn't won MVP two years in a row, uh, he's probably going to be, he, he would probably be in MVP conversations right now. I think he's like seventh, according to the MVP ladder. Um, I think if he hadn't won it the past two years, he would probably be top five right now. Uh, his numbers, aside from shooting pretty bad from three, uh, really bad from three, he's still really really good and we've seen what they're capable of with drew holiday who's been worked back into the rotation and uh, we've gotten to see what they're capable of with him uh, as a part of their rotation and they're really really good chris middleton is still having a fantastic year drew holiday has been great now that he's kind of worked himself out of having covid um 
They're really good. Bobby Portis has been one of the shockers on that team for me. Right. Uh, really underrated. Dude, I was like, right. Because he, he played on the Knicks last year and he like he was actually pretty good on the Knicks, but like the Knicks are losing, so no one's talking about him. But then the Bucks pick him up and it's like, dang, this is like a this is a good player. And I think it's nice because Giannis can run the four and Bobby Portis can kind of play a small ball five position. Um so I think that really helps them out. Like uh, they have a lot of versatility in their rotation. They still have Brooke Lopez who they can use um, to stretch the floor out uh, and, and kind of operate as that more traditional center. Um, but I think Bobby Portis plays a little bit with a little bit more hustle. Uh, he's able to shoot the three ball fairly well. Uh, he can run the pick and roll uh, with either Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, depending on who's on the floor. And uh, on the topic of Chris Middleton, he's an underrated uh, playmaker. Um, he's having like six this year. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I I see him bring the ball up the floor. Like Drew Holiday will be on the floor, and obviously Drew Holiday is like the the more point guard on that team. But uh, they've been using Chris Middleton as as the primary ball handler in some situations, and and using Drew Holiday more in an off ball uh, type of role, and it's really working. Like Chris Middleton is able to either a create his own shot. Uh, he has underrated ball handling ability. Uh, I think his ability to shot create is under like that's just the best way you can describe Chris Middleton. It's underrated. I've said it like fifty times. Yeah, I, I yeah. Think we're underrated. Chris Middleton sums it up. He, he's an amazing shot creator. Like I like um, as as in like players that I watch to like improve my own game as in like playing basketball. I watch a lot of Chris Middleton. Dude, I love watching him. He's so smooth, and I've always thought his playmaking was underrated. Like he's like the second playmaker on the. Bucks when I mean they, before they had Drew they had um, Giannis as a main playmaker but Chris Middleton is super underrated I agree yeah so I, I just think I don't know if I'm ready to kind of put the past behind me and say that they're contenders because uh, I'm like a diet Bucks fan um, Chris Middleton is like <laughs> probably my second favorite player in the entire league um, and I love Giannis I think he's just a great guy and I think he's an incredible basketball player so. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible and kind of take my like my fan goggles off, but I think they're as close to a contender as you can get without me being able to call you a contender. And I think that's really the most I can say about them right now. I'll have to see Drew Holiday uh, with them a little more. Dante DiVincenzo's got to step up. Um, he's been disappointing. Sure. He has been absolutely disappointing. So. All that being said, um, I'm not ready to say that they are a legitimate finals threat, but they are definitely working out the kinks. Uh, I think I'm ready to call them finals contenders just because I don't think that we've seen their best basketball yet. As you've said, they've been working out the kinks all year, and if you followed the Bucs, uh, you would know that they've been very experimentational this year in terms of their lineups and the styles of offense and defense that they're running. They're trying to become more versatile for the playoffs is really what it is. So teams won't catch them off guard. So I think that the Bucks have their best basketball ahead and I'm ready to call them contenders. And I hope that everybody is swallowing their words who wrote off Drew Holiday before this year because that was such an underrated pickup. Like if you saw that team when he was out compared to while he's been playing, it's just been night and day. So everybody's got to stop sleeping on the Bucks for sure. Can I just say, uh, I just I agree with both of you guys, so. Yeah. <laughs> real, real quick, I will say, short and uh, simple. I was listening, yeah, short and simple. I was, I was listening to the mismatch and uh, they were, they were talking about how uh, there's a possibility that the bucks 
for this last half of the season go on a crazy run and secure the number one seed. And I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. That is entirely possible uh-huh. because like you said, they were also like Max, like you said, uh, they, they were also talking about how uh, Budenholzer has been extremely experimental with his rotations. And Giannis has even said, I forget the exact quote, but he was basically like, all of this is just practice for the postseason. So like, they're literally like the whole regular season is practice for them right now. Like they're literally one eye on the postseason. That's all they care about, which <laughs> Tunnel I mean, uh, yeah, I think one that's really admirable. And two, I think the the problems that Bucks fans had last year with Budenholzer's, uh, Budenholzer's coaching, um, it could be different this year. Um, I disagree with, I mean, I, I disagree as in like, I don't think they're finals contenders. I think they're pretenders to be honest. Um, I'm going to go with the history and even though I think the Drew Holiday move was super underrated, I think it was super underrated for sure. I just don't see it moving the needle, moving the needle much in the playoffs. Um, what they needed, I, in my opinion, was a player that could take over in the clutch moments and like be that scorer, which I hope Chris Middleton could be. But yeah, I was going to say Chris Middleton. Yeah, he he's shown that he can do that. Yeah, hundred percent in the regular season, but I've not seen that in the playoffs, sadly. And Giannis has tried against to the beat Celtics. That. I was gonna stay. There's okay. Yeah, there's there's, there's the Celtics, okay. man. He's he's kind of got some ice in his veins. No, I'm saying like with I think with hey. that game in that game that was without Giannis, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was without Giannis. I'm saying Chris Middleton can do that, but he can't do that with Giannis on the court. As in, like when Giannis on the court, he's gonna try to be that go-to player always on that on that team, uh, as in the clutch. And I think they always needed like a second player, like a Bradley Beal. Um, maybe true. maybe Drew Holiday can take over and be that go to like go to score in the end, but I I just can't believe in the Bucks yet. Uh, I I hate to be the downer. I just I just I like what they're doing. Um, like they've been very experimental, so I haven't really put much stock into them being the third seed in the East. But overall, I I think they're not contenders yet until I see like like some like some like monumental like change playoffs, in the playoffs yeah. in the playoffs then i mean they're gonna be, yeah they can pretend yeah, yeah. my opinion totally until understandable then, until then the pretenders in my opinion i just don't see uh them having that shot creator that's going to be needed to you know win playoff series um going into the next team oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no all i wanted to bring was like yeah yeah all i wanted to say was like the way they the Bucks utilized Giannis last in the, in the bubble was not the correct way he could be utilized because he could be like that's the way I was going to bring up was like if they utilize him that's like how Embiid is because they're similar they're both dominant in the paint they you really can't guard you can't really guard Giannis in the paint he's just so dominant so I I mean if anybody like Melton uh bless I was called they're uh, was called. Holiday. 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 Um, they're decent shooters. They can shoot from the three-point line. They're decent. So I think they can utilize him that way. But, I mean, I, I'm going to agree with you also, like, with that point where you said you need to see more. I think we all need to see more at this point. We don't we, – we all, like, as Alex said before, he's like – he said they're this close to be my contenders, but as close as I can because that history has shown that they're great regular season team. Is that in the playoffs, they just – I don't know what happens. It is, you know, they kind of choke. Yeah, I mean, that's always been, that's been like the biggest reason for me. I mean, their history just proves it itself. I mean, I don't, they've not, they have, in my opinion, they have not added a shot creator that can do that thing. I always thought Chris Middleton could be that shot creator, 
But like with Giannis, it's always been like Giannis wants to be there. And I don't blame Giannis for that. I mean, that's Giannis's team. I mean, I don't blame him. He has to be that go-to player. He has to, I mean, he's, I mean, I don't want to put all-star, I want to put stock into an all-star game or anything, but man went three for three. So maybe, you know, that's like, <laughs> that's him trending in the right direction in the That, that know, step back half. three was nasty. That, that, that bank and shot those, or whatever. <laughs> those yeah. bank shots, man. I, I, yeah. I, I, maybe, maybe that's him trending on, uh, you know, upwards in the you know playoff direction. You know, who knows? Sure. I'm, I'm just not, sure. putting, I'm not much putting much stock into an all-star game, but, uh, it's it's I'm not gonna hold my breath. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. But you know what? If Giannis is start shooting threes and like efficiently, yo, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll eat my words. Yo. You just can't stop that. Hey, he's shooting twenty eight percent right now. So yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, he's not a shooter. I mean, I'm, <laughs> he's not a shooter. Yeah. But um, going to the next team, uh, the last team of this segment, the 76ers, are they contenders or pretenders in your opinion? Oh, I th- I think they're contenders. Um, I've seen enough. Uh, really the only thing that can hold them back at this point is injuries or COVID. Um, as long as neither of those two things happen and they're healthy for the playoffs, uh, this team is scary. Um, I really think the only thing they have to worry about is Doc Rivers coaching. Like the fact <laughs> that that is the biggest weak point of this the team. 3-1 King. Is, like if I'm a, if so I'm a Sixers true. fan, I'm, I'm nervous about having Doc Rivers as my coach. And Obviously, Doc Rivers is a championship coach, so I don't want to disrespect him too much here. But at the same time, like, where are the real weak points on that roster? I mean, just about everyone does their job and they do it well. Uh, they've got an MVP front runner. They've got, in my opinion, the Defensive Player of the Year front runner. Um, it could be a toss up between him and Gobert, but uh, personally, I have Ben Simmons. Uh, and we've seen Ben Simmons doesn't need a jump shot to thrive. Uh, he's been really what re, he's been doing really well this season. He's been scoring pretty well ever since like kind of the first few weeks to the season where everyone was like, "Oh, Ben Simmons needs a jump shot. He he's never yeah. gonna make it in this league without a jump Us shot." Us included, yeah. though. Us included. Yeah, no, we, we yeah, all, yeah. like I, yeah. he, he was averaging like. I'm mocking myself right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said those same things. Yeah. Um, and now I'm eating my words. Like he's averaging something like I think it's like. 16 and a half, seven and eight or something like that. And yeah, I mean, those are great numbers. Like those are, uh, those are what those like Chris Paul numbers pretty much. Scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, really to me, the only weak point on this roster is their coaching staff. And that concerns me, but I, mean, I, want, I, I do want to add about the coaching staff. I like, um, I'm a Pacers fan. So everybody, that, if not, if you're not, if you're listening, you don't know that. They added, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an Indiana Pacers fan, but um, they added two of our coaches, which I hated to lose, uh, which is Dan Burke and Popeye Jones, who are amazing defensive coaches. So do I, that that team's defense, I think, has a lot to do with those two coaches. So, uh, oh. with their coaching, uh, sure they got Doc Rivers, but I like their I like their positional or not position, which is their coach. The Indiana Pacers, or are you just saying that because it's facts? Wait, no, no, no. They're actually really good. You're a Pacers fan, but you didn't know Reggie Miller no. went to hey, the finals. Hey, yo, yo. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out. We're not, we're not, no discrimination. I'm going to cut this part out. <laughs> but no, no. Um, uh, Dan Burke, he's actually uh, one of the most respected uh, assistant coaches in the league. And um, the funny thing is, he criticized Joel Embiid for being a flopper before he joined the 76ers. Oh, so, <laughs> which is pretty that. crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's just pretty crazy. So, but yeah, I just want to add that in real quick. But yeah, uh, I 
think as long as Joe Embiid is still able to take over games like he has been all year and as he's done in the playoffs in the past, uh, I think they'll be fine. I think there's a there's a strong chance that it will be them and the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I could Here's easily see the, the 76ers coming out on top. Karis LeVert Pacers. Karis LeVert Pacers. I, I, yo, Max, your turn, bro. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, we're not gonna get into the Sixers. That. Yeah, that's a whole other topic right there. But, uh, I'm sticking with the Sixers. Like, I picked them, like, first episode this year, you know, they've still maintained that one seat in the East. Mm-hmm. No reason to switch on them now. I feel like kind of all three of these teams, maybe the Sixers aside, are kind of in the same position, though, where they're like, really, really close to like super top contention, but like maybe a piece or two away. But like at the same time, the Sixers are still the, like the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, even while they're playing like against the Nets, you know? So I think that they're legit. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I agree with both of you guys. I think um, I was kind of hesitant in the beginning, like when we first started our podcast, uh, but they showed me enough. Like Embiid is, I was hesitant about Embiid's ability to carry, and he's just been so dominant this year. He's He should be rightfully so the favorite to win MVP just because how dominant he's been playing. Um, also, I think uh, this is like the most consistent I've been with a team, like where I agree with like, they are really good at contender and they're in my opinion, the only way they can get better, just, you know, get better, like more players that are like more that contribute to that whole team and their identity, their identity is basically defense because they all, like, they got lengthy defenders. Um, ben Simmons has been shown that he's, he's more, he has more fun guarding the best player, best offensive player, the number one option um, on the opposition team. And then just scoring buckets. And he really doesn't give two Fs about like his shot anymore. Where like he's confident in his ability to score and pass the ball. Embiid, he's just I think Embiid's like just like, you know, so complete at this moment. Injuries are the only way I can see him like, oh, the 76ers just fall out from you know contention. But they're the best team to go against the Nets because the Nets offensively, and then the 76ers are defensively, and they're like the the best matchup you can see in the freaking conference finals right now. Um, they're like the Bucks and the Suns. They're more similar, they're, as uh, Max said. They're more similar to the point where the Suns don't have experience and the Bucks do, but they didn't have success. And so w- the thing with the 76ers is they have experience. They that Kawhi shot they had. This is how close they were to that. They were one game away. Yeah, yeah it's exactly, true. exactly. And so. They're back to that point where, like, they got that confidence. They got the coach. Um, maybe Doc's coaching maybe be, like, the problem, but hopefully it's not the case because he has – Doc has been has, – like, he had success with, like, uh, with the Celtics, with KG, uh, Rondo, and, like, Paul Pierce. So it's kind of similar to the, that Celtics team, but I like the 76ers going. I think they're the, the, the best – you know, team in the East right now, even, even though like the Nets got like all these like great players, like, you know, I don't know where they just want to win super team, dude. It's so crazy. They, they keep getting better every week. It seems. I don't know how, bro. Where's the money? Where, like, hey, we can talk better. about this in the next episode, but I'm still not sold on Blake Griffin. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Um, Understandable though. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the 76ers facts. as the, as a contender. But um, I sort of still put them in the same category as the Bucks, but I still see, I see them as a contender. Um, I don't like in the end. I I don't see a shot creator. Um, in the end, like Jimmy Butler was that shot creator on that team when they went to the conference or yeah, when the conference finals. And I think if they trade for like a Kyle Lowry, like that would be like the per like I think they have 
the perfect place. What do, what do you guys think so. about those those Kyle Lowry rumors lately? Like, it's do you dead. think he's? They tweet, they, it was uh, reported today that the, those are dead. He's going to be a Raptor for yeah. the uh, rest yeah. of his contract. They oh no way! Him. Yeah, his his contract is too big. That's what it came Damn, I did not to, hear that. That's what I read. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I don't know. I I don't know what to believe in that. And like. I posted it on my uh, IG, like on Hoopski, and like, bro, I was getting so much hate on that. I was like, yeah, I'm just literally going off someone else's podcast. But like, you know, if they somehow, if, you know, <laughs> Kyle Lowry somehow gets onto the 76, I think it's really good. But I see the 76 as a contender because their team is so complete around MB and Simmons. It's like, they're the shooters, like the shooters with Danny Green and Seth Curry. I mean, those are perfect. And I love Shake Milton off the bench. Um, I think overall, the Doc Rivers might, you know, you know, as someone as y'all, what well, everyone said basically, Doc Rivers might, you know, bring them down a little bit. But uh, I think overall, um, they're contenders, in my opinion. Um, going into the next topic, um, this is a pretty lengthy one, actually. Do you like that the NBA has gone more three point dominant compared to ten years ago? Um, for example. Three uh, three teams are now attempting forty threes a game this season, and no team shot. Uh, no, no, no team is shooting less than twenty seven threes a game this season. And ten years ago, only two teams attempted twenty five or more threes a game. Are you are you in favor for the more three point dominant, you know, NBA right now, or are you you know you miss the old NBA? I think there's a balance. I'm personally not a huge fan of like. And I don't want to sound like an old head, but I'm personally not a huge fan of like how dominant the three point line is. Uh, it's just, it's not always fun to turn on a game and guys are just chucking up shots from three feet beyond the line. It's like this pulling is up in of, transition. Yeah, it's like one that's pulling up in transition is one thing. Don't even get me started. Uh, that's always <laughs> that's me. always a low percentage shot. You should always, always. just go to the rim. Honestly, for Curry, not not everybody is Steph Curry. Exactly, yeah, not right. everybody is Steph Curry. Only Steph can really hit those transitions yeah, like played, that. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think there's something to be done. I just don't know exactly what it is. There's all sorts of different ideas that I've heard. Like some people say. Uh, they should make the three-point line the four-point line, and they should make every shot within the arc a uh, three-pointer. Uh, and that way, it's like, well, <laughs> no, it makes sense mathematically because right now, uh, a three-pointer is worth 50% more than oh, a two-pointer. Wait, wait, wait. So I did see with, that. With a, with a four-pointer, it's only 25% more valuable than a three-pointer. And there was a big, long mathematical explanation behind that. And, uh, it, I mean, it makes sense at a glance. Um, but I think there is something to be done. It's kind of, it, it's not always fun to watch that obviously like game winners and stuff like that. Or like when you want to see someone take over a game and they're hitting like step back threes or they're crossing people up and, and hitting three pointers, like that's entertaining. But when you've got you know, everyone standing outside the arc, one person drives in and then kicks it out to somebody. That's not really that fun to watch. Um, I think there is a balance. I don't want to watch guys uh, bang down in the in the post all game. I don't want to watch yeah. guys only go for mid-range shots, but there's a balance. I think um, they need to find a way to incorporate more parts of the game uh, into the modern day. So that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, personally, I'm, I am a fan of it. I think three-pointers are probably one of the more exciting aspects of basketball, aside from like poster dunks. But I mean, really the biggest point that you said, though, is it is pretty annoying how often I just sit down and watch basketball and just watch dudes huck up three after three. And it seems like both teams will go on like a four to six minute just dry spell where nobody is cashing any points. Or if they do, it's kind of an easy like cherry picking layup or something yeah. like that, where it's not that fun to watch. So it does make it a little boring to watch at times. But I think for the most part, it's just done good for the game. Uh, I think the more scoring that we see, I think it's better for the fans. The fans enjoy that more. Uh, I'm not sure if there is a correlation, but I haven't really seen as many poster dunks this year as I think I might have in the past. Uh, I, mean, may, I think as a recent, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like a little observation that I've made, and I'm not sure if there's a correlation at all or anything like that, but I don't know. But I, I like it personally. I just would like to see, like Alex said, it get toned down a little bit. The transition threes and just back and forth, just bricks from three-point land get boring, but I'm a fan of it. I mean, honestly, I – I'm okay with it too, but I do agree with the point where like Alex was saying, like they, they could change it just because it's it, because just the players are so efficient and shooting. And then at this point, it's like everybody thinks they can just jack it up. Um, and it starts with like, it's like a whole history ramp, but like it starts off with like the all-star game where like Seth Curry, I mean, Steph and Damian Lillard was just pulling up from like freaking half court, legit half court. And easily. so, you know, it starts from there. They were I mean, cashing them though. They were cashing them. Bro, they were literally them, easily. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's like that though. They it's like back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I mean, you guys pointed out, it's not everybody Steph Curry, not everybody's Damian Lillard. Not everybody can shoot do like that. But but people think they can because, it, you know, it's arrogance, you know, but the, I think they should change it. Um, I honestly think that it's not about the players. A lot of players want to shoot that too, but I'm just going to come up with it because I heard it on one time that like when Zach Levine was talking about like his coaching was telling him because analytically it's like a better to shoot the three than the two. Yeah, I saw that too. More to the team. So the coaching also has to be a factor too because they push the players to shoot the three instead of the two. I mean, it's it's winning games. I don't really blame them at that point. Uh, I don't blame them, but I'd rather take the two if I'm open than a faraway shot if I yeah. As, as a fan, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, and I agree like that the dunks, we don't see dunks because a lot of the time they just rather shoot the shot instead of like getting contact. And, you know, and a lot of the time they know that they're not going to get the call because a lot of the time like fouls, you think it's a foul, but the refs don't call on you because it's a lot of player preferences. So I do agree with the point where like uh, we need to move, do some changes, but I don't know what kind of changes we could happen, you know, what could happen because Back in a couple of years ago, we did talk about the four-point line or three-point line and make it like, or make the, uh, create the four-point line, but it's just so much. I don't know how that would work. I mean, that's a different topic, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I do like how the NBA has gotten more three-point dominant, but like, it's just become so easy. I mean, it's become so, it's like, sure, there's still players in the league that can't shoot. I mean, there's players that can't shoot, obviously, but like majority of the NBA, I, mean, I don't know the, I'm not, I don't know the, that's the top of my head but i'm pretty sure like majority of the players are shooting above 35 percent. i mean like on average i'm pretty sure they're all i think it seems average, like everybody can shoot yeah. all the yeah time. exactly like, even the big men yeah exactly exactly and like i i do like how the game has become more fast-paced with threes and like you know like it, it would sometimes get boring with like the grit and grind and like you know pushing it in the paint but like, i still do that like I, as max has said i've noticed like there's been like less like Post to dunk highlights. I see more crossover highlights, yeah. or like 
like step, back step back three highlights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Step back three highlights. Then I see dunks anymore. And I mean, it's kind of sad, but I mean, it's the way it's it's analytically it just makes sense for them. But I mean, as a fan, it's kind of it's kind of sad to see. I, I do agree with screw that. analytics. Yeah. Analytics yeah. to the death of basketball. The game. Oh, I, it, death yeah. of any yeah. sport. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, going into the next topic, we have Draymond Green. Is he becoming underrated again? He is averaging 5.7 points per game, 6.1 rebound, rebounds per game, and 8.6 assists per game for the Warriors this season. Uh, he's averaging a career high in assists, which is crazy for someone as old as he is. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's underrated because just the casual basketball fan doesn't really care about the way Draymond Green plays or if yeah. he's underrated. That's true. Because he's on the Warriors, and the Warriors are – I mean, they're fine. They're not really that great this year. Um, they'll probably make the playoffs or at least make the play-in and probably, you know, maybe make it out of the first round. But unless Steph Curry goes absolutely nuts, uh, I don't see them winning a championship or anything. But, yeah, he's been underrated. He's been having a good year. Um you know, should he be winning any awards or anything like that? Should he be uh, all NBA? Should he be an all star? No, uh, but he's been good this year. He he has played his role very, very well this year uh, to the best of his ability. And as far as playmaking goes, we're seeing the best version of Draymond um, and uh, good for him. But uh, I'd say he's underrated. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would call him underrated just because, I mean, I feel like everybody who actually knows basketball kind of just has an overall scope of Draymond's play style. Uh, I mean, I think people really thought that he was overrated to begin with. So I kind of think that he's just straight up rated at this point since he's kind of gone from like the peaks and lows of it all. Yeah, But he's just been same old Draymond. But if you've looked at like some of his individual games this year, like he's had some outstanding passing games, like 12 assists, 16 assists, just the stats you would expect him to put up when he had like Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, not like Kelly Oubre and uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman and all these guys. So it's good to see that he's still putting up great stats like this and his defense and his leadership has just been as solid as ever. And that's really what Draymond thrives off of. I think is that defense and that leadership. And when all of that's working, then obviously the rest of the team is running well and he's going to be able to pass even better. So I wouldn't call him underrated. I wouldn't call him overrated. I think he's just rated at this point. Yeah, I also think he's not underrated. I'd say I probably fall more into that category, Max, where I just think he's accurately rated. Yeah. Maybe slightly underrated. Yeah, just because his passing has been better this year for sure. I could see that. Yeah. I guess not. No, I also agree with both of you guys. I think no, I agree with like the point where like he's not underrated. I don't I don't think I don't think NBA players think he's underrated either. I think he's respected for what he does in his role for the, for the Warriors. I know even when the Warriors were the dynasty where they were winning multiple like cha- when they were going on championship run um and dominant, he was the anchor and he was a defensive anchor too and the playmaker basically cuz uh that's what that's what basically his role was. And a lot of the time people would like, you know, call him, "Oh, he's overrated because at that time, everybody was watching the Warriors because they had to, you know what I mean? Uh, they had to watch the Warriors because they were so dominant at that time. Um, but I think he's he's just, he's fine where he is. I think he, his playmaking is definitely, like, something that surprised me to do because of how old he is and, like, uh, there's no Clay on this uh, the team or KD on the team. So 
it's more like, you know, it's put on his shoulders and uh, Steph Curry's shoulder to be the playmakers. But one thing I really respect about uh, Draymond is that he's, his leadership is developing the young players right now, especially uh, Wiseman. Um, he's coaching him up so well. Yeah, I've seen that. He's like, uh, he's the best, uh, even though he might be like hard on you, he's the best coach you want to get better. And he's has shown like Wiseman. And then uh, there's also that trade from the war, uh, the Wolves. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins got better defensively too this year. Oh yeah. And, um, he's been putting more like effort because before he wouldn't put that effort uh, when he was playing with the Timberwolves. So um, that's the point that I respect him like the most. He does talk a lot. He does like his whatever is uh, his Donkey Kong ant- antics, whatever you know. Whatever <laughs> Donkey <he does>. Kong. <laughs> but, uh, oh, uh, um, the thing uh, with him is always like. He, that's his passion for the game, and that's the only thing you can respect about. It. And I think everybody else at this point in his career respects that too. And he, they don't, they're not gonna talk bad about him. Um, I think he's, as you guys have always, everyone has said, he's. I think he's properly rated now. Um, I, I, I will admit myself. Um, uh, before the season started, I wrote an article of the top three most overrated players in the NBA, and it was like, um, on Google, it was one of my most tre- like my like top trending articles. And it's like trending right now because I called him overrated, I called Zion overrated, and I called Tyler Hero overrated. And Zion, Zion has proven me wrong, and Jamon has proven me wrong. Um, Tyler Hero has been hurt all year. He can't prove you wrong yet. I mean, he's, I think yeah. I think Tyler Hero is overrated nonetheless. He's overrated nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, my reasoning was, I mean, I, I had I had a proper reasoning to be honest. Um, it's because you know remember the ESPN, ESPN top 100 rankings that came out, mm-hmm. yeah, and they had um, Draymond ahead of like a lot of players that I thought should be way more ahead, like Demar Derozan, um, at that time D'Angelo Russell, um, and Zach Levine. There were some players that I thought should be higher ranked than Draymond, and they were lower ranked than Draymond. But I think he's now po- probably rated. I don't think I would still take Zach Levine over him. Um, meet Derozan too, but I think I take um, Draymond over D'Lo. Yeah, I'd say I'd say I'd say. Yeah, I agree with Draymond over D'Lo, but I'd say most of the players you'd mentioned, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd probably take over Draymond at this point in my career. Yeah, exactly. My my biggest question is if Draymond would have had this impact elsewhere, and I mean, I yeah. feel like everybody's wondered that throughout the entirety of his career, if whether or not he just found himself in the perfect spot. But I mean, I think what he does just is overall is just winning basketball. I mean, he makes plays, he passes, he defends, and he helps. Swiss Army knife. He doesn't. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need to like score like Ben Simmons. Like, like they kind of have that in common, you know, where they don't need to score. But I mean, I think that he could tell help any team win. But I don't know if he would be as recognized for it. Maybe you could say. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think I would put that. I would agree with that point which you just made because I think he was probably just more recognized because of the Warriors with the uh, the Splash Bros and then KD. Um, but I think he would definitely have an impact on other teams just because his pay, uh, his playmaking and defense. Yeah, his defense. He's always been able to do that, and we've seen that happen this year too. Yeah, I, I think what the biggest thing with him is that like he's. I think he's one of the, if not the, I'm not saying he's not the, I'm not saying he's the biggest reason, but he's one of the biggest reasons why that team works with the Warriors. Um, as in like when they had Clay, obviously, but like what's even Steph, like you would, I mean, they would run plays with it was just the two main games, Draymond finding Steph or like him throwing a pick and Steph just splashes it. I mean, it, it works, and I, I think I love Draymond. Um, as of recent, uh, I, I did say he was overrated, but um, Draymond, take me back, please. Um, but um. <laughs> I will say that Draymond, I think, I don't, I don't think he's been underrated, but I will say he's probably rated now. As in, like, I have, I have more respect for him 
I, I had respect for him before, but I have more respect for him this season. <laughs> um, going into the next topic, we have probably uh, Max's favorite topic of the day. A trade you'd like <laughs> to see before the trade deadline. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, and I'm still going to hold out hope. Um, but I, at this point, based on the reports that have been released, it's probably not going to happen. But, and Max, you're going to have an aneurysm when I say this. Uh, oh, God. Kyle <laughs> Lowry to the Clippers. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. If the Clippers somehow traded for Kyle Lowry, it's over. It's over, man. Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka all played together on that championship Raptors yeah. team. You throw Paul George into that mix, GG. I, that, that would be insane. Um, and it's just going to be fun to watch because I love the way Kyle Lowry plays. Like He's just a winning player. Like We talk about winning players all the time. I hated Kyle Lowry scra- before. I was he's that. scrappy as hell, man. Yeah. I hated yeah. Kyle Lowry yeah. before, but – but I haven't worked out like any specific uh, like trade details or anything. But it's just something I would like to see happen. There would have to be a third team involved if it, if it were to happen um, because of his contract. But uh, also, the Clippers gave Oklahoma City all of their picks, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they would give up. They would have to give up something pretty significant, and they don't really have anything super. I'm surprised you're right for it then. Um, at that point, right? I'm surprised you're for it then because you would want the Clippers to suck, right? Because the picks, and not like the Clippers are going to suck. Though their, I mean, nobody's expecting. Imagine, yeah, imagine, nice. imagine if they hold on, hold on, hold on. I have thought this all Uh-oh. through. I've been asking oh, so much. Oh jeez. If the Clippers win, or oh, you guys froze. Okay. No, if, no. if the Clippers say the Clippers go to the finals and they lose this year, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both have. I've heard options. this story so much. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if they turn down their player <laughs> options, the Clippers are going to suck. Because they have yeah. no draft picks. Kawhi and Paul George are going to walk. And then those draft picks, we're cashing in, baby. It's You're crazy. not rocking with Terrence Mann? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, what? Show on Florida State's finest. I can Oof. say unequivocally that I am not rocking with Terrence Mann. He's going to watch the podcast. Uh, damn. Also, yeah, Grizzlies, nah. turn in my head. I have the Grizzlies and Wizards game on. So, just, yeah, man, the NBA has oh, come back nice. today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exciting. Yeah, no, nah, I would hate that for sure because that would just complicate things even more for my Lakers. We'd for sure have to go out and get a big piece after that. Uh, that would definitely have our backs against the wall. But, uh, no, nah, the only reason Shake brings up why I would love this is because I'm constantly sending off these like ESPN yeah. trade machine trades in like the chat. I'm constantly on that thing just working. But uh, lately, I've heard some things about Zach Levine to the Pelicans, and I am just all the way for Whoa. that. I, I think that that would just be such a fun team to watch. I mean, as of right now, they're, I think, one of the most efficient offenses in the league. I'm not sure about that. Don't quote me. But I think that they're definitely one of the top offenses in the league. Their defense has been lacking, and Zach Levine wouldn't help that. But he would definitely add on to that offense. Uh, the Chicago Bulls even said that they don't want Lonzo Ball on their team. So I think they could probably be able to like maybe trade some pieces without giving up Lonzo Ball. You could see a starting lineup that features Lonzo Ball, uh, Zach Levine, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams. That's good as hell in my opinion. I think that would really do wonders for the team. Uh, Zach Levine's been shown to be a killer in the clutch. So 
or Zion may lack in that department or Brandon Ingram, Zach Levine shares how has it. Uh, one that I've been talking about recently uh, is Fournier and uh, Vucevic to the Celtics. I think I said that a week or two ago. Yeah, and I'm still with that. Uh, I also want the Suns to get the extra point guard, like I said, whether that be George Hill or uh, Delonte right from the Pistons. I think they need one more point guard on their team to help as in death. Death. <laughs> death. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. It's my turn now. Uh, <laughs> this man doesn't hate streets. Uh, I'm just going to tell everybody the worst subject before, uh, before uh, the first is naming names. I, I am absolutely bad at naming people. Uh, <laughs> this is but, uh, Max's favorite subject in Sammy's. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I honestly, uh, my trade that I want to see happen is uh, I think that could happen mostly is the PJ Tucker to either the Jazz or the Lakers. Um, I think because PJ Tucker this year, he, he's only, uh, salary is basically 7 million. That's very reasonable for teams. Um, also like the only scenario that I came up with was a jazz. So like the jazz would give up like a first round pick and a Derek favors for PJ Tucker. Oh, that's not bad. And I hate how good that works too. Big a Lakers <laughs> fan. I hate how good of a fit that is. I just feel like that would be perfect. I have enough said that I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm good. I'm done with this trade segment. I'm so weak. Um, what, uh, there's two trades that I would love to see. I, I don't have the, the whole like packages and stuff set, but um, I would love to see. I see Victor Oladipo to the Warriors. That I'd love to see like Victor Oladipo and that um, championship like mentality team, like with Steph, like a Steph, um, Oladipo. Andrew Wiggins, Draymond lineup, dude, that is insane. I would love to watch with James Wiseman. I would love to watch that. Um, another one I've I've been like uh, slowly gaining a lot of traction with this certain player, and I think he would be a killer on a championship team like um, the Lakers or um, the Nuggets. I Terrence Ross, dude, I think he can have uh, like a Jordan Clarkson kind of potential, as in like. You let him, you bring him off the bench and just let him run free, do whatever he wants. As That's what he runs. does on the magic already. Yeah. Is that what the magic is? It's just the magic. magic. the magic. It's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the magic. It's, it's, it's like messed up to say. It is really messed up to say, but it's like, I want to see him on a championship like level team. I think Hell he yeah. Would, dude, he would blossom. Like, um, did he like? He's such a he's a pure scorer, and I, I would love to see him on like a, like a maybe the Lakers. I don't know. Yeah, bring him to the Lakers for sure. I, 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 I know that. Max will love that, <laughs> but I, I could see him on the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets, I think that's. I, I heard him to the Nuggets recently. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Basically, um, those are two trades that I could see happening, or I want to see happen at least. But um, going into the next topic, this has been kind of controversial on uh, this past week. <sighs> Was LeBron out of bounds for taking the Jazz players last in the draft because? "Quote unquote, nobody would pick Utah in a video game." Thoughts on this? Um, well, I'll start by saying, <laughs> uh, first off, his comments aren't wrong. I mean, yeah. if you're firing up a game of two K, so uh, true. <laughs> if, you get, if you get three, if you're doing three randoms, uh, and you get Utah, the <laughs> Lakers, and then like the Bucks or something, are you? Are you gonna pick the Jazz? They might be like you're not rocking with Royce O'Neal. They might be the best team in the NBA, but you're not gonna pick them over any of those other teams. Yes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think he will be eventually in his career, probably one of those guys that's fun to play with in 2K. But like, Facts. do you really want to control Rudy? I, ca- I can't shoot. I can't with shoot with Donovan Gobert? Mitchell. <laughs> it's like like none of yeah. these guys are guys I want to play with if I'm playing 2K. Yeah, uh, and not that that. I, 
his comments weren't wrong, but I don't think he needed to say them. Yeah. Uh, I think they were just like, it's one of those things where you can just keep your mouth shut and no one will like fault you for it. But instead you choose to say something and then you kind of put your foot in your mouth. Um, the comments weren't that bad, but it's like, does that Utah team need any more chips on their shoulders? Like that's that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, bro. yeah. You're right, bro. So if the, if the Lakers meet Utah in the playoffs, um, <laughs> it's going to be a vendetta. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, that's really the only thing I have to say on that. I don't think the comments were that egregious, but like, Maybe just don't say him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he he wasn't wrong by any means, but he's poking a bear that's already pretty pissed off right now. Like you said, like the Jazz have had like the biggest chip on their shoulder all season, and the last thing they need is any more motivation. Dude, so I, 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 blame, I don't blame that. them. I don't even blame them. <laughs> no, exactly. Dude, I everybody's been saying this too. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody. Us, the Shaq, like yeah. literally everybody, everybody, even LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't get how they can be counted out even more. I mean, I guess because they haven't proven anything yet. But I, I like I said, I'm, I'm so upset that it's LeBron saying this because if we face them in the playoffs, it could get pretty ugly for us. I, sheesh. I'm getting kind of worried about my three-peat Oof. aspirations, boys. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I got to throw that out there. Damn. Um, For me, I think – I so how I see it, it was like there's – Two different messages that uh, that was been one like you know people can interpret. I think the first he was just talking about the video game in general. I don't think he was talking about like their skill level at all. Like you know the, this player. Um, I think it was just the video games. I think because I I heard that LeBron was a big MJ fan. So yeah, you know MJ did it to the Jazz. So I think that's what he was meant by uh, ah the, true. Uh, by the quote, uh, what he said. I th- but the second thing is the players like. It was kind of funny because it was like the wrong timing. It was like Donovan and then Rudy was like the last two to get not get picked. And like there's already people that be talking bad about them, like Rudy's contract, beginning of the season. A lot of people, like even us included. Us, yeah, definitely. Us included. Yeah. Like Alex specifically. I'll put my name there too. I was talking. Oh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Shaq uh, coming at Donovan, not coming at, but like saying like, hey, you need to get better as a player. So. That, that's everything, you know, correlated. I so I just want to say, I, I so bad wanted to say something super sus right there, but I, I held myself back. That's even more sus. <laughs> yeah, I now I want to know what you said. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> what you were thinking. Carry on, Sammy. We are not getting into that. <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that I could have. I could have. I had the potential to say it. Yo. All right. Carry on, Sammy. Pause. <laughs> but I think it was, just, I think uh, LeBron, because LeBron... It's shown that he doesn't he doesn't really talk bad about players. So I, I wouldn't think that he would be talking bad about Donovan and uh, Rudy just because they're like they're uh in the same division um, Western Conference. But I do think that Rudy and Donovan took it the wrong way and they want more fuel to the fire basically. And when they see them, even in the regular season, they're gonna play more aggressive or have more of a chip on the shoulder when they face the Lakers. Um yeah, I, I think he was kind of out of bounds. Like, as Alex said, I don't think it was something that should have been, should have need to have been said. Everyone obviously, I mean, like, in the head agrees with it. But, like, I th- I think, like, I saw Undisputed. They said, uh, I think it was Skip or Shannon, I forget who, who said it, but they were, like, saying that they think this is LeBron's, like, master plan of, like, getting into the Jazz's head. Like, 
Like, we all know how soft Rudy Gobert is, like, mentally. This man was crying because they didn't make the All-Star team a couple years ago. Like, so it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, he, he, was, he was literally crying. Like, and the thing is, like, yeah, I, no. He was, literally, he was literally crying. So it's like, I, I can see that. I don't know. I mean, if they potentially play in the playoffs, you're giving more chips, as you guys have said, more chips on their shoulder. Like, they're, like, being, like, they're, like, one of the most hated teams. I mean, the fans are already hated, but the team is being hated as well. It's just, yeah. like, it's just crazy. I, I mean, I think it was out of bounds, but, I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of makes me want to see Donald Mitchell just, you know, destroy every, yeah, yeah. like, I, I love Donald Mitchell, and, like, I, I, I know Max wouldn't want to hear this, but, like, I would love to see Donald Mitchell, like, hit a game winner, like, game seven, on LeBron's I, I can see it now, literally. And like just rising up and just bang. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just would love to see it. That would, like, destroy Max. That, that would shock the NBA. Like, that, like, dude, that would shock everyone. I'd that look like Rudy Gobert. I'd be crying. Yeah. <laughs> literally, Shaq, <laughs> Shaq would be crying. Like, um, yeah, true. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I would love to see that. So, I mean, like, I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. like it because I – I like the Jazz. Isn't like my, like they're like my lower end like favorite teams because of uh, Boyan Bogdanovic. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was out of bounds, but like you know, let's see, let's see what happens in the playoffs. Maybe they it wasn't it. that bad of a comment. It, it wasn't that bad. Nah, it wasn't. You just talking. didn't need to say it. That's do, all. Do you like, if you're a team, if you're looking for a team, like uh, like if you watch the Last Dance, Phil Jackson would look for like a theme at the beginning of every year. If like a team mm-hmm. like the Jazz is looking for like something to build off of. <laughs> Or something to like fuel their fire. That was yeah, like the perfect yeah. thing to yeah. give them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they've been the underdog all year. Like, like they can just put it in the clipboard. The coach be like, "Yo, this is what he said." Yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely see that. I, yeah, I mean, I yeah. In the end, it wasn't even that bad. But like, okay, I do have to ask this: like, do you think like them being pick last was toxic too? Like, like the, the fact they chose other players over Darvin Mitchell. I mean, Rudy Gobert is understandable. He's not really the most entertaining player to watch. But Donovan Mitchell, like I, just, I probably would have picked all those other dudes ahead of them if I'm being honest. Rudy Gobert probably would have been my last pick, and I probably would have saved Mitch for the later, the later tiers of the All Stars. I guess there, there's an argument for Donovan Mitchell to have maybe been picked over some of those guys, but Rudy yeah. Gobert, like Rudy Gobert, is an All Star because of his defense. Yes, <laughs> in the All Star game. Nobody plays defense. I, I so say, why would you draft Rudy the Gobert? The funniest thing I saw, heard saw was like, bro, I'm not trying to watch the All Star game and see a 360 block by Rudy Gobert. Like, like you're not gonna, <laughs> like you're not gonna see anything like, like crazy by, by this man. So I, I see Rudy Gobert, uh, but like, uh, I think Donovan Mitchell, you could make an argument with like him being picked over like maybe, maybe Zach Levine or like a Devin Booker. I, I think it's. I will say I didn't like Zion starting. I didn't like Zion starting. I will say that. Mm. And that's it. Oh, who do you think should have started? Not, not to that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get into that again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, getting into the last topic of the day, I know Alex is like just, just waiting. Yes. Just waiting yeah. about this. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander and his breakout season that not enough people are talking about. He is averaging 23 points a game on 51% from the field, 41% from three point land. Five rebounds and six assists a game this season. Just crazy efficient numbers. Thoughts on Shea? I'll take. Oh, geez. Should have been an all-star. <laughs> I could see it. 
I know they were trying to reward Mike Conley, and I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. But he's had a better season than Mike Conley, even yeah, though he's yeah, on a sure. worse team. The All Star Game, I this this is kind of off topic, but people this year, and I did not notice it in previous years. It hasn't happened, but this year everyone's talking about team record when talking about All Star selections. The All Star <laughs> Game All Star selections have never, ever, ever been oh, about geez. team record. They've never been about team record. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. Last year with Bradley no, Buell. No, they just, they, that's never been how it's Last been. year with Bradley Buell. Bradley Buell didn't get selected to the All-Star team. I think he was averaging like 29. He was like, okay, yeah. He was Bradley Buell is an exception in my opinion. Trey Young got selected. Trey Young got selected. That's why I didn't get it. Trey Young was on a bad team. That's why I didn't get it. Trey Young got selected by Bradley Buell. I was like, I mean, Trey Young was averaging like, I think like 30 and 10 at the time. So it's like, there's a little bit more there, I guess. But, like, I understand they were trying to reward Mike Conley. But at the same time, Shea Gilgis-Alexander probably deserved it, maybe over DeMar DeRozan, who was also in the conversation. I think there's an argument for DeMar as well. Darren I actually Fox really like well. DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Aaron Fox did not deserve it over Shea. I, or DeMar. I put DeMar not over both chance. of them. DeMar yeah. over both of them, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm a homer, so I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes Anyways, sense. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, he's having a great season. This dude's gonna be like, before the season, like I browse like uh, the Thunder NBA subreddit, um, and I follow a lot of Thunder pages on Twitter. And one of the common themes that we've all talked about uh, is that you know, can Shea be your number one option? Can Shea be that go-to guy on your team? And before the season, my opinion was no. You need a complimentary star with him. But with the way his career and his abilities have progressed, I am now starting to think that he could potentially be the number one option for a a championship team. Uh, He just makes winning plays. His defense has really improved um, his lateral quickness, uh, his ability, his ability to uh, switch. He's super, super long, dude. Uh, His shooting and like his ball handling ability. He's not, He's not really the guy who's doing like these crazy dribble moves. He doesn't have crazy handles, but his hezzy They're very like, tight. Yeah, his ability to finish at the rim is just super, super good for his age. He's still so young, man. Like this guy's gonna be so good. I, he definitely needs more attention. I agree. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I'm. If you would have asked me that question, the same one, if whether or not he's like your go-to scorer, I probably would have been in the same boat. But as the years progressed, I mean, it's kind of hard to say otherwise. Uh, if you see he's lost hella pieces around him and he's done nothing but get miles and miles better than he was before. Uh, his efficiency overall, not only in terms of shooting, but in passing and turnovers is also way better than ever has been before. Like I said, even with this down uh, with, with, with these four teammates. So, I mean, OKC has a lot to look forward in the future, obviously with him and all those draft picks. Uh you really can't talk about Shea without talking about Lou Dort, though. Uh, his his growth hasn't been to the extent of Shea, but he's becoming a solid 3 and D player in the NBA, and he's oh, yeah. young as hell, too. And if you watch those guys, I've watched like one or two Thunder games specifically just for those two guys, and they're a whole lot of fun, man, especially if you watch Shea on one of his nights where he can really get going. He he has nights where he looks like nobody can stop him. I like he can get to the basket at will. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's a good young piece as well, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, Shea just has his nights where it looks like nobody can stop him. Like Alex said, his has he just looks unbeatable. 
Uh, he can hit open threes. He can hit some contested ones. Even his mid range is it's here. It's pretty good here and there. But yeah, Shea is looking like he's a superstar in the making. No, I mean, what else can I? You know, I can't go anything. I can't say anything else because Alex is a Thunder's fan, so I, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> the only thing I really can say is that the only reason he really isn't getting enough recognition is because like. The Thunder are twelfth in the yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say, shout out for the rooftops, baby. We're awful. <laughs> yeah. I don't. He, he should definitely like. I would definitely put like you know over Conley for sure, hundred um, percent. He's he's more like he's the number one option, and like in a team besides Dort, like they know they they you know they plan for this man every single night, and like that's what's surprising at a twenty two year old. It's just like, you know, going up and like he's getting like, you know, double teamed and he's still able to like be this efficient. So he should definitely in the future, he's he, his future is bright. That's all he can say. And he's definitely making the Thunders more relevant than they already like they should should have been this year. I um, and I mean, there's nothing else wrong with this man besides the Thunders as being, you know, what Alex said. I'm, I'm not saying anything else. Yeah. We're bad. Uh, We're bad. Bad. yeah, you can say it's okay. We're awful. <laughs> He's not saying to her, Alex. <laughs> um, the Bulls are bad too, Sammy. It's okay. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> they're, in the, they're in the playoffs, though, right? Hey, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. My pieces aren't. But um, I, I will say I'm not. I say I'm not saying I was a hater of Shea before the season, but I was like, I, I, like I, one of my friends, Chad Trunk. I'd always have this conversation with him. He would be like. Shea's going to be a future superstar or a future superstar. I, I would always be like, nah, I think his ceiling is like a, like a low-end star always. I, I would always say that before the season. And like, I will like admit that I'm completely wrong. Um, I think he potentially could be, I'm not saying he's going to be a high-end superstar, like a Luca or something, but I, I could see him being like a low-end superstar, like a Paul George kind of level of superstar. Like Paul George is maybe not a superstar right now, but like in this prime, he was a superstar. Like when he was mm. with the OKC, like man was I mean MVP campaign, but um I think Shea he's his efficiency is cr- like like we cannot like you cannot look past his efficiency like fifty one percent from the field for a guard is insane that is insane for a guard and um the biggest thing that I like I like one of my things like pet peeves with him was like he was not really good like a playmaker and he he, he couldn't really make plays for others but he's improving on it. he's averaging six assists I mean it's not like Crazy eye popping. Chris Paul. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I was getting to that. Like Chris Paul, like But at the same time, his teammates are not exactly like, that, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's oh, fair. he would I, someone did the math and he would be averaging something like nine and a half assists per game if he uh, if his teammates were like knocking down shots at a better clip. Like, yeah, sorry, exactly. Sorry that Kenrich Williams can't hit a shot. <laughs> Who? You're rocking with Hobby <laughs> Oh, man, Hobby's a dog. I don't want to. Hobby's yeah. a dog. Yeah. Overall, I I have been really impressed with Shay, and um, I will definitely eat my words. I think he has the potential to be a superstar. Um, he's just a complete player. He's a literally like as Alex said, he's not gonna make those flashy passes, those flashy dunks, or like flashy crossovers. But he is so like perfect in his craft. Like his craft is insane. Like. I, I just love how complete and smooth he plays, and I, I think the OKC have future superstar definitely for sure. 
that was a steal from the Clippers for sure. I think, especially oh if like if, if, Al, if like if Alex is right about like this whole Kawhi Paul George thing, that because I've I've no I've heard oh, this too like before like the beginning of the season that Kawhi does have like like a chance that he's going to leave if they don't win, and Paul George has like a tradable contract, so like they're going to look so stupid for trading him. I think uh, if he was with the Clips, uh, he he wouldn't have developed as he is right now. Oh, 100%. I agree. Yeah. 100%. 100%. He's I think the ultimate green light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the OKC, they, like, adding CP3 to that mix, like, CP3, <sighs> like, kind of, like, paved the way for Shea. Yeah. I think Shea was definitely going to, because before, like, yeah. when I was scouting Shea in the draft, I was like, dude, this man's mid-range is nice. And he's he's a very lanky, he's like a, he's gonna, I thought he was going to be like a, uh, like a lot, I don't want to say Lonzo or anything, but like he's gonna be like a three and D like point guard. Like I think his potential is like he could like be a shot creator or anything like that. But he's he's proving me wrong. I mean, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm I'm becoming a fan of Shea hundred percent. Plus, I love this man's strip. The man has a nice strip, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I this man's oh my gosh, dude! Freshest freshest dude in the league. hundred percent, hundred percent. I literally Russell Westbrook's footsteps. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I follow this man on IG just for his fashion. Like, hopefully, yo. hopefully he doesn't follow his three-point uh, footsteps. I mean, yo, like, yo, we're, on, we're on, try, we're on, we're on a good pace so far. So uh, fingers crossed. Good pace, definitely good pace. Um, I think that's gonna end our podcast tonight. Um, hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did enjoy, um, if you're on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to the channel. And if you're on Spotify, um, obviously follow us. Obviously follow us. Uh, Stay tuned for more. We're going to have another episode next week. Uh, Peace out. Peace.